I'm Lindsay Morgan, and you're listening to Talking Policy. The closely contested 2020 presidential race was followed by unsubstantiated allegations of voter fraud and a wide partisan divide over trust in elections. American distrust in elections seems to be growing, at least among some groups. Today is part of Talking Policy's series on the future of democracy, which is sponsored by the UC Institute on Global Conflict and Cooperation and their Future of Democracy initiative. I talk with Thad Kauser, a political scientist at UC San Diego, about whether Americans are losing faith in elections, why it's happening, and what it means for the future of American democracy. Thad, welcome to Talking Policy. Thanks so much for having me, Lindsay. So you've been studying American politics, elections, voting, politician behavior for many years. And the Yankelovich Center for Social Science Research, where you are co-director at UC San Diego, conducted a national survey shortly after the midterm elections to gauge the degree to which Americans trust elections. And before we dig into the really interesting results, why does trust in elections matter? Why does trusting that they're fair and legitimate matter? Right. That's a good question. If we run free and fair elections, does it matter if the public believes that as as long as the elections are free and fair? Maybe there could be an argument that that public opinion is is only public opinion. What matters is is public action. But I think the the reason that trust in elections uh, matters so much, why we think at the Ankelovich Center, it's one of the most vital issues in in, in American democracy today, is, is because our opinions on whether the fundamental operational tool of democracy works, whether it reflects opinion, whether it gives everyone an equal shot, that absolutely governs people's actions, right? If you if you don't trust elections, why turn out in them? Most importantly, you know, one def- definition of democracy is democracy is a system in in which the side that that loses agrees to go along with the outcome. Right, and doesn't take up arms uh, against the other side. And if you, we, we've seen from survey after survey that the people who don't trust that democracy is free and fair in America are more likely to say that they're open to violent protests, even things uh, more tolerant of actions like the insurrection at the Capitol on January 6, 2021. And, and that, if, if public opinion on uh, elections leads to, an erosion of the constraint on political actors who've lost and and allows them to to take up arms when they lose to to fight against the peaceful transfer of power and not be worried that that they'll lose public support that could take away one of the key guardrails to a democracy and and a safe society you surveyed more than 3,000 Americans of all different stripes, uh, Republicans, Democrats, independents, uh, people of different education levels, income levels, races, genders, again, to gauge whether they have faith in elections and if they're worried, what they're worried about. What were your most striking findings in terms of which groups have more faith in the system and which have less? Yes. Yeah, so this Yanklovitz Center survey that was uh, conducted jointly with uh, Jennifer Gaudet, Seth Hill, Mackenzie Lockhart at UCSC, and Mindy Romero at USC, we found that even though trust in elections overall in American democracy rebounded 
significantly after the 2022 elections, which by all accounts went quite smoothly. Once you peel back the layers and look at different groups, you see very different stories for different parts of American society. So Democrats trust bounced way up. Now 83% of Democrats trust American democracy, 58% of independents. Uh, both of those were, were a big rise from before the election. Republicans didn't budge an inch, though, and only 46 percent uh, of Republicans said they they trusted American uh, Americans election system overall. And if you look at whether people trusted the, the particular, you know, the 2022 uh, midterm results, did they actually accurately reflect the vote? Republicans were five times as likely as Democrats to say that it reflected significant fraud independence in between them. There were there were some other gaps that, that were important. There's some racial and ethnic gaps. Black Americans, 68%. Asian Americans, 74% trusting uh, that the elections accurately reflected the vote. For Latino and whites uh, in our survey, only 59%. One of the biggest divides was about education. So those with no high school dis- degree, only 43% trusted the midterm results. It ticks up at every point, all the way up to people with higher education degrees, 74%. So again, almost double this this big divide that we see on education in in American elections. Younger voters, a little bit less trusting than than older voters. Uh, There's also an income effect. The more you make, the more trusting you are, but these are effects in the sort of ten percent percentage point range, uh, and 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 really the big divides we see are over education, and really this stark partisan divide in trust in elections today. Yeah, that partisan gap is really really interesting. How do these results after the midterms? Where do they fit in in terms of broader trends about partisan gaps in trust? This is one of the issues in which I've seen the biggest fluctuation. And certainly over the last two or three years, but really in the time that I've been involved in in studying in studying political science, right? I when I was finishing up grad school, we had this incredibly closely contested 2020, sorry, 2000 election where we first paid attention to things like hanging chads. And then after that, Democrats, even though Al Gore accepted the results, accepted the Bush v. Gore case that came out of the Supreme Court, you know, didn't didn't challenge once it was legally decide, decided. And that, that was a very important thing. That was part of what got our American democracy through that moment. Democrats were were, were pretty skeptical. And, 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 and you saw that again in 2004, another close election uh, where some of the Democrats voted again in, in Congress and and the U.S. Senate voted against uh, certifying the election results. But it really, you know, when I would go to community events in San Diego in the years after that, it was kind of groups on the left, but 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 not a very strong presence who were the ones raising issues about electronic voting machines. Republicans, most independents, pretty trusting of elections. During 2016, it was Bernie Sanders talking about, he was the first person talking about elections being rigged. And then Donald Trump picked up on that theme. When Hillary Clinton lost, a lot of Democrats were, were really concerned that, that Russian interference um, had, had affected that election results. And going into November 2020, 65% of Republicans trusted the American election system, only 48% of Democrats, 44% of independents. That totally flipped after what we saw in November 2020. And we just don't see transformations like that on issues. You don't see abortion rights flip where the parties uh, you know, do a 180 on that. You don't see that happening with with, uh, with gun control. This is one where it's still up for grabs. And that, that brings some hope that, that it can be changed. 
Well, that that leads to the question of what is driving this distrust? I mean, when people say, you know, that they have limited um, trust in the electoral process, you know, what piece of the process are they suspicious of? And again, we're talking about people's perceptions versus and the degree to which they track with reality. What is it that people are suspicious of? And, you know, do we have evidence <laughs> of, of these things? First, what you see in our survey, Republican mistrust of elections, uh, and also you see this true with, with independents, is really focused on voting by mail, something we We've seen a huge rise in recent years. So about 51% of, uh, of Republicans, 35% of independents uh, are, are, are lacking trust in, in voting by mail. They're also worried that ineligible voters are, are casting ballots um, and the voters are casting more than one ballot. That's an, another thing that about half of Republicans and a third of independents, but only one in 10 Democrats are worried about. So you've seen this in Donald Trump. So rhetoric going back to the 2016 election, talking where he's cha- charged no evidence that four million people uh, ha- who were, who were not uh, allowed to cast ballots had voted illegally in California's election. It's tied up in people's thoughts about illegal immigration. That's a lot. That's some of that concern. And so, so that's really what Republicans are worried about. Democrats, by contrast, the the thing that is most concerning to Democrats is that eligible voters face who who should be able to cast ballots are facing obstacles. Uh, things like perhaps a voter ID law in a place where it may be difficult to to, to get an ID, uh, taking away a chance to vote early, taking away the chance to vote on a Sunday before election, uh, having to stand in long lines, as we've seen in in areas in Georgia. And and we had that in in places in San Diego, including UCSD, right? There's, There's a lot of concern on the Democratic side, but those concerns are not are still not as strong as Republican concerns about those issues because just Democrats overall right now are, are quite trusting of elections. I would have assumed that, like you said, Democrats would be more concerned about these sort of obstacles to voting um, and that to see that Republicans on average are are actually more, their concern outweighs Democratic concern, even when it comes to kind of that constellation of issues was surprising. And I mean, related, it was surprising to see that, for example, Black Americans have high levels of trust um, in elections, even though they are a group that has been the target of attempts to try to limit voting or create obstacles to voting. Yeah, I think absolutely throughout American history, Black Americans have have faced tremendous levels of violence. Uh, back in the 1800s, there are elections in which, you know, a thousand people or or more were killed in some elections, and, and Black Americans faced the brunt of that violence. There was a series of of, of, of disfranchising uh, laws passed in the late 1800s in southern states, as well um, as as obstacles towards voting in, in northern and western states, and, and and everything in the civil rights movement. And certainly, if you look at things now, uh, the Florida legislature's uh, attempt to essentially thwart the will of the people on Amendment Four, which would have restored felon, uh, voting rights to, to former felons, um, and and the number of uh, voter ID laws and and laws constraining voting or early in person voting that have been passed in some states, most notably in the South, in recent years. Right, the group that has been targeted the most, the group who has been curtailed the most, are right, Black Americans. I, I think. In some ways, because this community has faced this huge history of of discrimination, 
I think there's a strong ethos for voting and and a strong ethos that votes will count and and strong messaging from from that community that that one these laws are wrong but two your vote will count you got to show up this is this is what's important we're fighting you know we've got to fight back and the way to fight back is through the ballot box and so I think that shows up in the poll so it's not it's not that Black Americans think that the system is you know completely fair or that these new laws are fair but I think it's a commitment to voting uh, that is that has been long uh, central to that community. So the survey found that Republicans report more concerns than Democrats across the board, but they're particularly concerned about things like voter fraud, you know, fake ballots, um, problems with voting by mail. What's driving these concerns? Like, is it driven by um, experience? What is, what is fueling anxiety um, about this? Yeah, it's not people's individual experience. So one of the things we saw uh, overall was that people trust the elections that they directly experience. So when you ask people, you know, will your vote be counted accurately? Um, they're, they're quite confident. Uh, so, you know, 80, 82% of people thought, you know, that their vote were would be counted accurately. Only only 4% very skeptical that, or, you know, 9% some, you know, somewhat are very skeptical. If you ask about, well, other people, votes be counted accurately accurately that's where you see the skepticism 18 percent were skeptical about twice as many people skeptical of other people's votes being counted accurately when you ask people about do you trust elections in your state yeah pretty high levels actually majority of, of members of every party uh trust elections in their own state um uh, it's other states they don't trust so for instance with republicans 63 percent say they trust their state's elections only 41 percent trust other states elections so it's not about direct experience it's very much about what they're hearing from from leaders uh most often leaders in their own party right if uh if, if you're in a party where where your presidential candidate has been spending the last two years talking about voter fraud and and making these unsubstantiated claims um it's not surprising that that that's what voters are are listening to. To what extent is distrust in elections just about losing elections? One of the consistent findings across American recent American history, across uh, developed democracies in Western Europe and Japan, and across emergency emerging democracies and in, in Eastern Europe and Latin America, is is this finding called the winner effect. Um, so, you know, you, you, you do a poll, uh, you know, a month before the election and you ask people, do they trust the system? Do they trust elections? Uh, and then you do a poll afterwards. And really what you see is, is it the winning side and the losing side shift their positions uh, on that? Uh, and so, yeah, that's, that, that's natural, right? It's sort of watching, like watching a football game, right? You're not going to trust the call if it goes against your, uh, your, your team, if it, you know, if it switches the game, uh, one way, but you know, bad calls that don't change the game, eh, you're not so worried about that. Um, so, so this is part of human nature and, and one of the things that uh, that we've been looking at, we, we did a Yankelovich Center survey during California's um, recall election in September of 2021. California's recall had a really interesting dynamic where uh, the Republican candidate lost, but did not make claims of fraud. And in fact, you know, uh, came out on election night and said, hey, you know, this was a fair election. And, and so that allows us to isolate, you know, just is the, the just mass level individual effect uh, of losing. We did 
parallel poles, uh, you know, the first, the day lead, all the way leading up till the, uh, um, till the uh, polling place is closed. Uh, and then we started a new poll the next two days after the election results were, became clear. We just see the parties move in opposite directions. Democrats become about a dozen points more likely to trust elections. Republicans uh, a dozen points less and, and independents stay the same. So so we're, it's it's pretty clear that what we've seen throughout America, throughout American history and then across the world, which is just your side loses, you shift. But those usually go away once we get a little bit away from the election, months away. And when you're, one side loses and then one, one election wins the next election, these things even out. Uh, and they don't lead to this uh, to this massive gap between the parties. What we've seen in America is three straight elections when Republicans have lost or underperformed in 2022, right? And it's parties' leaders sort of nonstop making this uh, you know continual claim, and and so they've really doubled down on these uh, on these claims, and and even even when it has seemed to have hurt them electorally, like with Carrie Lake in Arizona, that they are still pushing, um, you know, this unsubstantiated claim of fraud, and so we don't think I I don't think that that things are going to change until we see. Uh, probably the thing that will get rid of that gap between the parties and restore overall levels of trust in democracy. In some ways, the thing that would make that most likely to happen would be a Republican victory. I want to ask you about some of the challenges of trying to gauge public opinion um, on a topic like this that's so sensitive and so polarized. And you've obviously done this kind of work for a very long time. How are you as sure as you can be when you do surveys like this that you're getting to the heart of what people really think? Yeah, that that that's always a question, and I think there are, there are three layers of concerns here. You know, one there is: Are we reaching everyone to, in, in America with an invitation to uh, to to participate in this survey? Um, you know, this survey, like like many, have been conducted online, and there, there are differences in who is uh, likely to be part of one of these online panels. So, so you make sure that it's representative along demographics, you know, race, age, education, gender. But there are some people, you know, even within those categories, too people who, who look like it, it may be that there's some people in, in American politics who who really are tuning out uh, political information, not following the news, not following news about elections, unlikely to vote. And, and, and we may and there are also the people who are less likely to want to participate in a survey on elections. Right. If you're not voting, um, you might not. So, so, you know, we, we, there are, there are techniques to use to address that, but that's, that's always one concern. And, um, in some ways, though, that would make it, you know, we should have some of the most trusting people then and most engaged people in this survey. Um, there's a, <laughs> there's a second question of, you know, if you just totally don't trust elections and that in part of institutions, maybe you don't trust academics and you won't want to participate in an academic survey. Um, and then you might, uh, and again, that would cause, uh, that would be losing some of the, the least trusting people. You might want to say the thing that you, that, you know, the, you think the inner, the academic might want you to say, which is sure. I trust elections. So all of these, mean that what we probably have is a lower bound on distrust in American elections, right? That if anything, the, the people we're missing or the people who are lying to us uh, will be a little bit less trusting of elections than what we see. And so I think that that just uh, that uh, nails down what a what a big problem this is. Yeah, yeah. Also, since we're talking about all these um, potential flaws in, in the electoral process, can you just walk us through 
you know, when we talk about kind of malfeasance um, in terms of the electoral process, what is there evidence of? I just want to be really clear about that for our listeners. Yeah, so there are some vanishingly rare uh, um, findings of, of, of people who do commit vote fraud. Right. What we don't have is kind of organized vote fraud that the elections officials are part of. Uh, you know, we, elections officials did an exceptional job in the uh, in the 2020 election of, of resisting things like personal calls from the U.S. president saying to find let's find 11,000 votes. Uh, the Republican Secretary of State in, in Georgia, Brian Raffensperger, you know, just said no to that, and and we've seen other examples of that. So so election so organized election fraud uh, with elections officials involved. You know, it's 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 pretty clear that that, that we don't have that uh, currently uh, occurring in in American elections. We have seen is some some instances of people there was uh, the spouse of a congressional candidate who lost uh who who's recently prosecuted for 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 trying to cast uh multiple ballots um you have prosecutions of of, of individuals uh, people in in the villages and in, in Florida uh there was a, a losing congressional candidate in North Carolina I believe in 2018 um who have who have perpetrated fraud a lot of these get caught because there are a lot of systems to catch fraud, right? Signature verifications uh, and, and, and other systems that, that, that election officials put in place allow them to, to catch these rare instances of individual, uh, fairly uncoordinated fraud that, that are not uh, done at the done at a scale that was enough that is enough to alter the results of elections. So I think knowing that fraud has can be caught and, and is caught is should make people overall um, more uh, more trusting that that elections are ninety nine point nine 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 percent free of fraud when we do see those zero point zero 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 or so one cases caught. But again, that's not human nature, right? We see these instances and and we extrap- extrapolate, uh, or, or we see instances of of things where you know just. Uh, some um, you know machines are broken in Maricopa County. People have a hard time. You know can't get their votes immediately counted, even though it was very clear that all their votes would be and were eventually counted. They see anything that's irregular uh, and 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 worry that there are nefarious purposes behind it. I mean, it's interesting that there is there is so little evidence um, of vote fraud, as you said. And when I think about challenges in the electoral process in America, I think of these big, long-term, you know, structural problems that feel, by contrast, huge and overwhelming. I mean, what you described about efforts over many decades uh, to limit the votes of African Americans, and and now, you know, gerrymandering, making districts um, uncompetitive so that votes don't even matter. Stacey Abrams um, seemed to be referring to this when she said um, that the game, you know, was rigged against the voters of Georgia. So there's, it's just, it's just a striking contrast between a, what what is clearly wrong with the system and what isn't, and yet what seems to capture the imagination of some voters. Right, and 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 the the link, I think there's a very strong link between those two phenomena that you described because vote fraud has been the uh, the ostensible reason behind a lot of of disfranchising mechanisms. So you know, going back to to the late 1800s. Uh, a lot of the the changes to ballot structures uh, in the South and things like literacy tests were that were, that were applied unfairly across racial groups were were justified as as we're going to get rid of fraud. Uh, so so there there's there is a, a long history of that, 
And and I absolutely agree with you that the that that you know that we have lots of systems set in place to stop fraud. And it's the other chain. It's there are many other bigger problems uh, that lead to imbalances in the American election systems. We're good at we're very good at accurately counting the ballots of the people who show up to vote. We're not great at evenly inviting and welcoming everyone into the ballot box. Um, and so that's that's where I would want to, to to put most of the effort. But at this time, because it because there's such a crisis and confidence in our elections, I think it's also incumbent on, on people to recognize that the normal Americans who are concerned about vote fraud in this time of lots of changing election rules, and it's worth opening, getting under the hood of elections, showing them how they work, showing them how their votes are protected, and trying to convince them and, you know, taking them at their word as fair-minded people who, if you show them the facts, they could be convinced. And, and, and that's what we did at the end of this survey. We took the real advertisements or the real uh, messages and videos that secretaries of state and, and elections directors all across the country have been using uh, to explain how elections worked. We had voters do this in what we call a randomized survey experiment, where like a third of them would watch one video, a third of them would watch another about elections, and a third of them would watch an ad with Jake from State Farm. Uh, and then we asked them about their trust in elections, and we found that they're open to being convinced. To what extent is weakening trust in elections, when it, when it is weakening, uh, a uniquely American phenomenon, or is this something that we're seeing elsewhere too? And again, I'm thinking about you brought up the story of Gore versus Bush in 2000, uh, you know, another contested election. And yet um, for those of us who were, you know, adults then and and living through that, it, there's no question that things feel very different now. And, and as you said, um, the, the amount of um, kind of misinformation by leaders, by partisan leaders um, it, uh, feels and is different than it was 20 years ago. Is this something that we're seeing more in the United States? Is it happening elsewhere? Is it connected to something bigger than just what's happening in the U.S.? Well, I think this is America realizing it's really a part of the world <laughs> and, and more like the rest of the world than than this shining city uh, on a hill that is that is different. You know, I think what's a big part of what's changed from 40 years ago or from 20 years ago is we didn't have Al Gore then call on his supporters to to to, to take over the Capitol and and continue to 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 contest the election after after he lost then. We it's no surprise that then you, you saw what what we had in Brazil this this winter with with the storming of uh, you know of of their capital or of their I believe their Supreme Court. So America is starting to look more like the rest of the world. We're and and our actions are being reflected in the rest of the world. So you've seen electoral challenges in many countries, developing democracies. Not as much in in the more uh, in the more advanced democracies uh, of of Western Europe, but but in 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 many democracies, Brazil and African democracies and Mexico, you've seen challenged elections time and time again, and and America is starting to look more like that part of the world than uh, than like the UK uh, and and France and Germany, uh, much to the chagrin of Mary and many uh, American exceptionalists. Um, and, and and the world looks at us 
constantly, right? We are, you know, America doesn't know too much about the politics of the rest of the world, but everyone in the world knows all about our politics. Everyone was was paying attention. And so whether we're able to restore trust in, in American democracy and, and restore that relatively equally across party lines will have a big impact on the future direction of, of democracy in the world at a time when when it's really being contested. And will you be doing more surveys over the next couple of years? We're certainly gearing up for another, what will undoubtedly be another um, polarized and contested uh, presidential election in the U.S. Will you guys be following that? We will. So the, the Yankelovic Center survey, uh, this is our, our third survey in, in the last t- two years. So we'll be continuing that. We're going to be working with our partners in, in these four states to design new surveys, new experiments leading into the 2024 election, because we want to give the people who are on the front lines of democracy that the people who are who are trying to explain what they do and get people to trust them we want to give them some data-driven rigorous tools to decide what works and and what doesn't for for helping to build that trust uh and we'll we'll, we'll we'd, we'd love to come back here and uh and talk about our next survey yeah yeah we we'd love to check in with you um again soon thad kauser thanks for being with us on talking policy thanks so much for having me thanks for being with us at igcc and have a great week